0: This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our Patreon backers and my NPR voice. Go to patreon.com forward slash Doug Fee TV.
1: Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. should be left well alone oh i know very well how the secrets beckon so sweetly
2: only an honest
1: death will cure you now liberate you from your wild curiosity my name is gary butterfield my name is cole ross and my name is joshua Garretty. and you're listening to
0: Von side chat it is a uh, darkly scientific favorite, <laughs> a favorite of the black sciences. Yes, and this yes. week we are talking about the
2: Research Hall, continuing our, our discussion of the Bloodborne Old Hunters DLC, um, and as you heard, we're joined by Josh, uh, who is perhaps best known to podcast listeners as a contributor to the Cane and Rinse podcast. Yes,
1: hey Josh. Uh- Hi, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, and it's an absolute pleasure to be invited on. Yeah, we
0: we really appreciate it. Thank you for for joining us. I I wanted to get you on earlier um, in the show, and it just kind of didn't work out. Um, so I knew when the DLCs came out, I was kind of hoping that we'd get at least a, you know three episodes out of it, <laughs> and uh, and we did. So we were able to get in some some guests that we hadn't had before. I was really happy about that. Yeah. Um, can you kind of speak a little bit to um to what you do uh on Canon Rinse and then also um kind of how you came to the souls and what your relationship is with the series?
1: Yeah, sure. Um so Canon Rinse is I suppose kind of similar to uh the Watch Out for Fireballs uh podcast that you two do in that we take a game and examine it in detail. We're structurally a bit different. You guys kind of go through the game chronologically where we tend to kind of examine pieces of the game uh, on their own, like the gameplay or the story or what have you. And we also have the advantage of having 10 members (laughs) for the (laughs) podcast. So we have like a uh, rotating host structure, which allows people to come in and out of podcasts as needs be. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, so how i how did i come to the souls series i i'm pretty late to the uh, souls bandwagon um i didn't play dark souls until uh well properly i didn't play dark souls properly until 2013 um, I bounced off of it several times uh, for whatever reason. I, you know, it's the same story everyone has. Like the early section kind of was a bit baffling to me, having not experienced a game like this before. But then it took um, my fellow Canaan Rinse member, James Carter, to kind of guide me through the early section and explain what humanity was and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And then after that, the law really drew me in and i realized kind of as everyone realizes that the difficulty is kind of like the most uh surface level detail about these games That actually there's so much more here that that's of interest um the characters are rich and the the worlds they create are so full of meaning and symbolism and then yeah from that point on i've i've loved these games
0: yeah, it's a uh, if you if you're listening to this and you haven't uh, listened to cane and rinse, especially if you like watch out for fireballs, um, I would recommend it. It's no. it's a similar thing where, you you know, you choose a game that you are predisposed to like, um, but you can also get the experience of, of kind of choosing a game that you haven't uh, that you don't have any experience with. So, like, I uh, I listened to the episode on sensible soccer. <laughs> um, and that thing, because that's, that, that's a series that I just thought was funny because of the, the name. I yeah. always thought that was, that was really funny, but it, it has kind of more cultural cachet in other parts of the world. And I learned a lot yeah. about it without, you know, kind of playing an old game that doesn't have nostalgic value for me. That was kind of a yeah. curiosity. Um, so it kind of, it kind of gives that same kind of, a uh, uh, service. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, recommended. recommend it. It's super cool. Yeah.
2: And the number of different perspectives on it really cover a lot of the angles. Uh, so mm-hmm. it seems like people naturally fall into, uh, uh, just kind of talking about what they like about it, which kind of covers all the gaps. So mm-hmm. it's a very well put together, very comprehensive look at these things.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and if you like this show, you could also, um, our, our buddy CJ has guested on a couple of different episodes. Um, so you can find one with CJ on it. If you uh, can't get enough of CJ's voice, which I know I can't, <laughs> um, so the, uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, it's super cool to have you on here, um, and it's good. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, ended up landing in the series and and it, it welcomed you to the fold because uh, it's a good fold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the good fold.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, please let that be a location name in Dark Souls three. The the good fold. Yep. Um, oh God, I my! Gross- imagination's
1: creating horrors. I know. My, yeah, right? it's, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's grossing me out pretty good. Fold. I don't know what what it is when you say fold that makes me think flesh as opposed to laundry. Yeah, probably because I'm a slob. <laughs> so like, but the uh, like, yeah, that's not what you do with laundry. You just stick it in a drawer. And then <laughs> but skin that 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 gets folded. Yep. Um, <laughs> Mm. oh do you want me to tell you what we did last time uh please <laughs> yeah so last... buttercup <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, so last time we uh we, we found this strange eye in the hunter's dream and an amygdala brought us into the hunter's nightmare where uh apparently we're able to travel into the past to learn Um, kind of what's happened to the Hunter's side of the, uh, of the uh, church and the different social structures that we've kind of seen in the main game. So after killing, Ludwig the accursed or sorry Ludwig the holy blade nay accursed. Nay. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize how uh, how appropriate that was, no. neat. I'm just I'm going off the dome. Usually I write these, but I had no time. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we discovered uh the underbelly of this huge cathedral and we're starting out in these cells in this dank basement uh adjacent to the corpse pile.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, just just west of the corpse corpse pile <laughs> within walking distance. Is, is, is the old uh, the old jail easy transit um, to the river of blood yeah it is it is nice for the gondola the gondola of sorrow <laughs> yeah. um, So the uh, yeah so, so you end up in this, this little jail part which is um, it's interesting the idea that these you know we brought it up in the last episode how these church giants were kind of guarding the back entrance mm-hmm. to this um, is that what do you what is that what you guys think that Ludwig is doing is he guarding the jail and from which direction like is he stopping people from getting in or stopping people from getting out or is he interred there and yeah you know, what what do you guys I, think why is he here i don't
1: think i don't think ludwig is uh, lucid enough in the state that we find him in to be guarding anything i think mm-hmm. he is just kind of rampaging where he is um i'm not i'm not sure if there is apart from like the the big kind of uh giants holding the cannons outside mm-hmm. of uh ludwig's um uh arena i can't i can't think of uh anything really guarding this area apart from those two yeah the fact that this is right next to the jail and that uh none of the
2: exits are big enough for ludwig to get out of um and you know there's text in i believe it's the key that gets you into some of the cells that this this jail specifically is a place where uh the powers that be uh kind of hid problematic hunters in order mm-hmm. to suppress information so i could totally see um <laughs> ludwig being there as both his punishment and uh, kind of a convenient way to keep people in and out
0: yeah 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 he just i just had this thought of because we, we didn't really discuss what he was doing here in the last episode and that's because we didn't really talk about what here was mm-hmm. um you know it was just the corpse pile But uh, I like this idea of him kind of being put there like a ship in a bottle, you know, like it's he's he's too big to get out. But he's been kind of grown there like a bonsai, like a like a Shetland (laughs) in a bottle or something (laughs) when the bonsai comes later. (laughs) Yes. um, So so this little jail area is definitely uh, guarded and kind of patrolled um, Mm -hmm. when when you get here, Um, you know, and there there are multiple different cells and they're occupied. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is a very high density of NPCs for, uh, for for this game. Um, yeah. Um, to your left, there's a uh, there, there, there's a hunter in a cell
2: who is slamming his head against a wall, which we're going to see a lot. Um, that mm-hmm. is the u- universal uh, uh, c- kind of gesture for "I've lost my mind." The,
0: the, the Rydell shuffle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys, let's do the Rydell shuffle. Um, but uh, and he's kind of saying this prayer or this incantation that is kind of lifting up the uh the 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 hunters talking about how they're always clear of mind how beasts are a curse and a curse is a shackle but we are the true blades and Mm -hmm. uh we don't have the key to learn who this guy is right now that'll come later but uh it definitely provides a very creepy soundtrack to this whole place
0: always clear of mind (laughs) for sure um the uh the the church attendant that's down here and the uh sniper the wheelchair guy uh are tougher than versions of these we've seen before and and killed me, which is a really rude awakening right after a boss fight um but I definitely <laughs> yeah. underestimated them and get kind kind got kind of stunlocked yeah um, and one of the few you know non boss deaths i've had in, in the d l c um but that's you know this is definitely you know they're keeping people in. Um, it is well guarded um even though some of the cells are are just straight up open uh, because we also <laughs> run into one of my favorite little side uh characters here is this uh the body of uh gradia mm-hmm. um, with the fist of Gradia, which reminds me of like the legendary big m uh lorelet in demon <laughs> souls as well
3: yeah
0: um you know we're gonna see a couple different demon souls references in uh in this section but um so there's this this Hunched over, a giant woman mm-hmm. um, who has a weapon. You know, for people who kind of eschewed a uh, uh, mechanical fiddliness of guns, and instead you know decided to use their fist. Mm-hmm. Um, have either of you guys messed around with this weapon
1: at all? Uh, no, unfortunately, it just. I, I love the sound of it, and <laughs> I I love that it exists. But it it plays so counter to my style of play mm-hmm. that I just I can't imagine finding a use for it.
0: It's reading about it it sounds it seems like it is meant to like break super armor so hmm. like if an enemy has kind of mega poise a couple hits from this like it does the most poise damage or some <laughs> right. of the most poise yeah. damage you can do so it's kind of interesting like one of the themes ludically of the the dlc is opening up these new ways to play mm-hmm. and answering that criticism and i like this as a as a nod to that definitely her unrelenting pummeling appeared oddly heroic
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is
2: which is wonderful also the idea that she was named simple gratia
0: yeah yeah i, li- I, li- I like that yeah. detail
2: just tons of t- tons of character for this uh for, for, for this person that we find like she has met a terrible fate down here
0: mm-hmm yeah
2: um, there's another NPC who i I really think we should talk about him more later because I think so too. Yeah, cause yeah. He, he's involved in the end of uh, some one of the long running NPC quest lines in the DLC. Uh, but uh, you find uh, another person who is lucid behind a door who asks you if you can hear a bell. and
0: <laughs> um, there is no bell that you can hear anyway. With what we learn later, that's really ominous and great. <laughs> yep, like that's super cool. Um, yeah, like Brador, his name is Brador, and we'll we'll talk about him in the next episode. But Brador owns, um, <laughs> so, yep. um, and it's the same same reason why we didn't talk about uh, Lawrence when we first ran into him. Like, yes, you can fight him, but you need stuff from later, and that kind of ties into the weird chronological structure of the DLC. Yeah, now it's kind of reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you come up from this jail into a secret passage that's really similar to the secret passage. Uh, in the uh, the chapel that is not the Erden Chapel the one where you first yeah, meet the, Alfred
2: yeah the one that leads you to uh, to Old yarnum
0: yeah
2: yeah it's a uh, um, it's the small church
0: yeah to this kind of mash scene Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah yeah it looks
2: uh it looks like uh the cathedral levels from world war one in uh eternal darkness actually oh yeah it's this gigantic sanctuary in a cathedral and they have these kind of canopy beds uh set up it's almost like the little sisters of elluria like the uh the dark tower um mm. short story where they've got these transfusion bottles there but uh most of these beds are empty but this is a hospital turned um this is a church turned hospital and a you know pretty it's like a rebus of what the church does
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: um the first the the first thing i noticed when coming into this area was those glowing eyes behind me and for a split second i don't know why but i immediately thought have they actually put basilisks in this <laughs> um, i think that's
0: intentional like mm-hmm, I, I had yeah. the same thing it's it's the spacing yeah. So the, the spacing on the eyes is very similar, if not exactly the same. Mm-hmm.
2: Um yeah, that and the, the fact that they're uh, kind of kind of luminescent. Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. imagine like, the, the
0: <laughs> shitstorm shit storm if they started just adding Dark Souls monsters into the DLC? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> people like mm-hmm. that would be incredible. What if Ornstein was up here? <laughs> Can you just imagine every single person who hated Dark Souls too and loved uh <laughs> Bloodborne in spite of it just like freaking out? <laughs> Uh, i wish i could rom hack it like i understand it's not a rom but like that'd be amazing old dragon slayer just shows up in the church and just like oh well <laughs> there have been no dragons so far yeah,
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> oh, well man. he did
1: a pretty good job didn't he
3: yeah yeah I, mean, he's here to well, find I, run,
1: I run out of dragons now i hunt werewolves what do you yeah. want from me here yeah.
0: man's gotta yeah. eat yeah, it's
3: a tough yeah. economy uh, yeah uh
0: that would've been good. <laughs>
2: oh man, but uh, these the, <laughs> these uh, these rats—they don't serve any purpose, really. They're just rats, and they're meant to look meant to look weird. And I can only assume that that is a feint—that they knew
0: what they were doing. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um or they're maybe they're used for like corpse disposal or something like that oh like the pigs yeah yeah like yeah like you you just when you know when somebody dies on the operating table you just wheel them over into the darkness yeah
2: they've uh it's that must be a late development because they really haven't cared what happens to the corpses up till now
0: i guess that's I guess <laughs> that's true
2: um but yeah back there you can find a blood chunk which we didn't really talk about in the previous uh episode but uh this dlc is a great place to go to to get upgrade materials not just new weapons but also like they're trying to speed your progress towards getting some of these weapons usable at the high level they assume you need to be
0: yeah yeah let's talk about the uh the lady here mm-hmm. the um <laughs> so um does she have a name i forget so the the people so the the popular kind of lore supposition is this is amelia yeah. Oh. You send Amelia here after killing her her beast form because the prayer she's saying is the same one Amelia says in the cutscene. Okay. So they don't, I'll buy it. Yeah, um, no, that's uh that's perfectly fine. Sh- sure uh her, her she's featured very
2: prominently in some of the art in the guide. hmm Yeah. Yeah. But uh what, what what do you think of that, Josh? Like does that does that hold water for you?
1: Yeah, I I mean she's wearing the same clothes, she's saying the same thing. I think I don't think that's uh I don't think that's an unfair assumption to make. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think... it. I, I'm not sure... The one thing that I'm still a little bit hazy about with this DLC is kind of the rules about who comes into this dream, as it were, this nightmare, and who doesn't. Because at first it feels like it's just a prison for hunters, but then amelia's here so i'm not entirely sure why she's here because she's not a hunter so i i don't know if you guys have figured that out in your own heads about maybe why she's here
0: um no i i the it's it's a larger kind of uh uh point too about like who who shows up and and yeah. Where they were, I mean, the only thing I think of is that the the curse is kind of extended to people who were involved in the church. Yeah, anybody who was complicit. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then uh, why don't that's... we? Well, why isn't uh, Willem here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Willem's not necessarily dead by the time you get here, whereas oh, Amelia yeah. is. There we go. Um, so that I mean, yeah. that could could make the sense, but it is weird the way that like you know, so people die and they get uh, sent here, um, but then they can be some of them can be summoned. You know, afterwards. Yeah. So, like, somebody uh, uh, wrote in on Facebook, and I, and I apologize. This we'll do proper uh, kind of credit. Um, I, a couple of people wrote in about this though, or talked to me about this. But how you can summon uh, Henrik, mm-hmm. um, you know, now in the game after he's dead. So the idea being that maybe you summon him from the the hunter's nightmare, but Henrik, you know, thought he didn't dream anymore. You know, like it it was like oh like so when people, you know, Eileen and and the like, um, are they actually out of out of the woods or are they, you know, they no longer dream, but when they actually die, they're going to go to the hunter's nightmare. Um, is it darker than, than we originally thought? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't actually know the rules for it.
1: I, I'm also curious why she's human when um, so many other people who were presumably slain in the real world and then kind of manifest here are beasts like Lawrence and, uh, and Ludwig. Mm-hmm. um I, I i yeah i'd be curious to find out why why that's yeah. the case maybe she kind of was projecting herself into the <laughs> tr- nightmare just before you kind of stumble up uh you know stumble upon her and and kill her i i'm not sure but um
2: I mean, yeah. so does it have to do? So there's a there's a description on an item that we're gonna get here very soon, uh, like on the altar that she's that she's guarding. If you raise the elevator um, and and go beneath it, you can actually find um, Lawrence's skull. Yeah, um, which I need to pull up its its description here. But that is probably some of the only detail that we get about the ways that different people manifest in one in one way or another because it alludes to the idea that uh lawrence's human skull only exists um within w- within the nightmare when in reality he became the first cleric beast now i can't reconcile that with the way that time flows in this yeah, um, yeah. you know and you know <laughs> What exists as a symbol of of the past and what they failed to protect, as this says, and what is just kind of a little bit of kind of kind of kind of a nod. It feels satisfying for this this person to be Amelia. I hadn't noticed that before, yeah. but I cannot, for the life of me, actually give a one sentence description of why that's plausible.
1: Hmm. I I do wonder whether um the time period at which different pieces of this nightmare are set Mm -hmm. kind of affects how people manifest. Mm. So uh, presumably Amelia is in a part of the nightmare that uh, exists before the scourge of beasts. So maybe that's the reason why she's allowed to kind of maintain a human form rather than a beast form or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah, and, and that would kind of make sense in the case of uh Ludwig and uh Lawrence then because they're both in the more recent history part of the nightmare. Yeah. Um I don't I'm I'm not entirely you you know, this is just me kind of saying stuff off the off the top of my head, but that that's something I definitely wanna see the the law hounds kind of explore more. Mm-hmm.
0: The uh yeah. there's also like a real obvious gameplay explanation, which would be you couldn't have another boss fight. this soon after yeah yeah, yeah. so like i I mean like as much as people you know and and were complicit in this too so i'm not calling putting anybody on blast but people who you know get really up their own asses with the lore in this game again including Mm. us um who do that are never want to ascribe something to a gameplay concession Mm -hmm. you know like it it always has to have a deep lore explanation but i think that sometimes there probably are just gameplay reasons yeah Yeah, and this could be one of those like you know. sometimes a lady who wants to kill you is just a lady who wants to kill you exactly <laughs> yeah and sometimes she's just smoking a dick and it's just a dick <laughs> really... or a cigar or whatever <laughs> it's a dream so it, yeah, it could be um but the yeah it is uh, uh so it could just be that because a hunter fight right after ludwig feels good
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i i found her friend uh more challenging than her Just because of the nature of the environment, you have to fight both of them in um, half. Because I, I don't know if anyone else has this problem but i i often get caught on objects when i'm dodging and mm. because that room is full of these beds <laughs> while i'm trying to dodge these magic bolts and this person coming at me with their massive sword i just get stuck and whatever reason get stun locked mm. and what have you so what i ended up doing was um kind of drawing uh, her friend down into the the prison area because for whatever reason Amelia doesn't follow us down there and I managed to take her out separately there and then go up and face Amelia and actually she wasn't that challenging which I was a bit surprised about because um, usually I struggle with magic users um, mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason I, I just uh, I'm not a Really equipped to deal with those kind of abilities, but yeah, I didn't really have much of an issue with Amelia once I got her isolated. Mm. Yeah,
0: I, I ended up definitely drawing them down in the stairwell. Yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, so her friend is definitely difficult for me because of the way that they attack. You can't really aggro just one of them. Um, her yeah. friend is kind yeah, of hiding yeah. off uh, behind a column to the side, like in a real, like cartoonishly sneaky, like I'm hiding um kind of of pose so it's very Mm -hmm. hard to uh to 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 kind of fight each of them on their own terms
0: let's um let's talk about this altar yeah uh, the surgery altar which is one (laughs) this is my maybe my favorite piece of statuary in in bloodborne and this is a game that like the statuary is off the fucking chain yeah like that should be on the back of the box like if you like statuary (laughs) you will like this game (laughs) like this is good statuary because the uh, there's like a lot of detail. Like first, like the you know really tall figures with the the bell, the book, and the mitre. Um, that's really evocative and great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're putting an eyeball pendant into a skull. You're putting <laughs> eyes on the inside. You know uh-huh. to do it. And then um, you don't have the notes. Did you notice the little little beastie? Cool. No, I didn't. From um, from under the the uh, gurney is a little werewolf peeking out. Oh, that's adorable. Look, a little guy. <laughs> It is actually pretty cute. Like <laughs> it is like a miniature pup. It is a pupper. It is why it's so small. Um, but the uh, so it's just it's this weird like awesome little uh summation, mm-hmm. you know this this little uh of of what's happening, mm-hmm. you know with with the church. Yeah, it's um, it's
2: funny that there's no th- there's no explicit like violence in the statuary. Like that's not a part of the story. Like the mm. like the beastie is poking out there, but um for an organization that kind of relied on the hunters, um if you take this as like their way of communicating their story to the people who are coming to them, uh for help, it kind of implies that the hunters are not really a public facing side of this until mm. shit starts kind of g- g- going. Going off like well after they would be making statuary to exalt themselves.
0: Well, expli- or I'm I'm sorry to to cut you off. Just real quick, as a, as a that that's explicit. Yeah. The idea mm-hmm. that the secret hunter shows up when we we learn more about Simon. Yep. So like that that's actually like in the text too. Mm-hmm. So th- but this it's, but it's wonderful
2: kind of- that that is is kind of to- told here as well. It's supported.
0: Yeah. This is, this is the propaganda. This is the public facing thing. If you go to you know the hospital mm-hmm. and want these people's health, like it's you know it's a surgery. Mm -hmm. By by people of power who are kind of stately and have dignity, Mm -hmm. Um, even though they you know they the little beasties there, which is kind of the shadow (laughs) over things. But uh, yeah, I I like that a lot. What were we saying, Josh? Sorry to cut you off.
1: Yeah, no problem. It it kind of links to what you were saying as well about propaganda. Um, I, I like that the beast is kind of small but under the table because. I think it speaks to the the way the church wants the public to see the scourge of beasts Mm -hmm. as this threat that people should be worried about. But we've got it under control. It's this small (laughs) little thing that, you know, we'll we'll handle it. (laughs) And just yeah just the the arrogance of this organization that it could just could tr- desperately try to convince people that yeah there's a that that problem yes no. but it's all under control it's fine don't worry guys you just give them a link of cartoon sausages and and he's happy. You just, you just throw some
0: cartoon yeah. sausage links down under the table and uh it keeps the beast away give him some yeah. belly
2: rubs it's fine
0: yeah Scrooge his ears.
2: Yeah, you know, if he, if, if he starts going at your leg, here's a tip. Just let him finish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the worst tip, hole. Yeah, That's <laughs>
2: Christmas vacation.
0: Darn. Yeah, I know. But it, it, is, it, is, uh, it still remains one of the the most biggest pieces of anti-advice I can think of.
3: Like,
0: <laughs> self-shin hatred. The kind of self-shin hatred you'd have to have to allow a dog to make love to your shin to completion. Like... <laughs> not not okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I like dogs now so I don't um
2: <laughs> but uh but I I also love the mixture of materials here too. Like this is if you broke it down to its constituent parts it would be one of the most valuable things in the world oh, <laughs> that we've yeah. seen so far because it is nothing but gold and silver and marble.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, this is uh the, the this altar is great. I'm not sure who the uh the, the body on the on on the bed is supposed to represent. Uh you know, if this is just the the, the populace of Yarnum
0: or whatnot. But yeah, I, I think it's just a patient. Yeah. Like his face yeah, is covered, yeah. which makes me think like that grants you know, kind of an everyman mm-hmm. quality yeah. to to him. Yeah. Um also you don't have to look him in the eye as you like <laughs> stick an eyeball into his brain. Yeah. Um <laughs>
2: Um there's a there's a trick to this like we alluded to you you can run onto this and it will raise you up um uh, to the next area however if you jump off of it uh <laughs> and uh check and see what's below it there's another altar down there um which I didn't really notice anything too notable about its design but that's where you get Lawrence's skull
0: the, the one thing I noticed about that is the statue on the under altar um is missing its head so it, it's a headless statue, which kind of makes sense also uh, Lawrence's skull is wearing a really, really awesome like emo scarf <laughs> like he he looks like he's in Bell and Sebastian like <laughs> it, it, its uh it's it's really stylish like he it's it's the Harold and Maud star- scarf <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> And we already talked about this uh, this skull. this is what you get uh, this is what gets you the uh, optional boss fight in yes. this DLC but um, that makes sense to talk about later.
0: It's hard <laughs> um so if you you head up though, you actually get to the uh, research hall, which is mm-hmm. a really, really striking first impression at least for me mm-hmm. um, when you first see this definitely uh, um, it, it, it <laughs> even the landing
2: area feels like latria, it feels like three yeah. two you, and and you step out and you look at this kind of crisscross of uh, of stairways. Mm-hmm. And it immediately for me evokes Duke's archives as well. And it's yeah. like they, they decided to concentrate all the things I love in one place. Well, what was your what was your first kind of kind of take on this,
1: Josh? Um yeah, no, I think I was struck first by um the enemy designs in this area. Um mainly because um how they mix up kind of passive and aggressive enemies, even though they look identical and um that added a, a layer of um of fear that i hadn't encountered in bloodborne before where i would approach an enemy not entirely sure how it was going to react um, you know, me being so into the story, I don't want to miss any, you know, key dialogue. <laughs> so I approached every, well, not every one of them, obviously, after a while, you kind of guess, but <laughs> I, I, at first I was kind of nervous, um, approaching these guys cause I don't want to accidentally, you know, <laughs> uh, a killer guy, another one that's trying to just find its eyes or what have you. I, that, that really struck me as a, an, an interesting, uh, design choice to kind of, uh, You know, you know, throw the player off like that Mm -hmm. with uh, with with enemies and NPCs that look identical. Yeah,
2: all -hmm. of the enemies that you encounter here are kind of of this same type. Um, these uh, these patients, and there are a couple of doctors uh, spread throughout here, but they're all in kind of different different levels of this transformation that they're undergoing. And enemies have talked to us before. You know the 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 opening run up of this game is like Resident Evil. They will shout at you and you know swear at you as they attack you. But that feels different compared to you know these people who when they're when they're lucid they are saying some very heart wrenching things or it's very it's mm. very clear that they <laughs> that their mind has gone someplace where they're not quite aware of their situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and one of the things, um, the, the Duke thing, the Duke comparison, um, is the, you know, when you read in interviews that uh, the big inspiration for Duke's archives was the school, it was Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a better realization of that,
3: mm-hmm. um, yeah, that kind yeah.
0: of like specific, like it's, and and because like, you know, I, I like, you know, I actively like the Harry Potter movies and, and mm-hmm. like the books. So seeing something that is like, I associate with this, like kind of like comfort and winter whimsy. <laughs> um you know and being so uh so kind of unnerving is is really great Mm -hmm. um and not you know when you when uh, josh you mentioned the the person who can't find their eyes like the the you know the person kind of rooting around looking for their eyes um where have we seen that before like that's like a pop culture thing like somebody digging around trying to find their eyes with their hands velma trying to find her glasses uh (laughs) i don't i don't think that's what i what i was referring to (laughs) Velma, was that Scooby-Doo? Yep. You're talking Scooby-Doo? No, I, I definitely wasn't referencing Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, the, 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 or Scoober-Doo. The, uh, the, the, the the
2: Scooby theme Husker-Doo cover band. <laughs> yes. <yeah>, Sco-
0: <laughs> Husker-Doo. <laughs> um, uh, it wasn't that. I, I feel like there's like a trope of somebody like, re- like digging around, reaching for their eyes in like a pile of, of rubble or something like that mm-hmm. in some piece of fiction. I, if anybody knows what I'm th- thinking of, let me know. Um, hit me up on the the twitter but that's a really really creepy thing Mm -hmm. um they're weird like bag head like her, (laughs) you know her like if you look at the texture of these things heads it looks like burlap
2: yeah
3: yeah it's
0: really strange like a thick leather (laughs) um yeah just super super unnerving
1: Yeah, and and how calm her vocal delivery is as well is unnerving. She's Mm -hmm. looking for her eyes, and she's just like, yeah, I'm looking for my eyes. Have you seen them? Mm. (laughs) I I always find that kind of um, contrast between something horrific and the subject of that horror being completely okay and calm uh, just a really horrifying image whenever I stumble across it, and Mm. this is a really effective example of that. I've, yeah. I've never lost anything and been as calm as she is about losing her eyes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if I if I lose my comb or something like that, like I am more stressed out than she is about losing her eyes. Um, yeah, and, uh, and she she she's lost them. But her final
2: line there is everything is pale now. Yeah, and um, all these people, even though they are kind of shedding these <laughs> the these these senses that they otherwise would have, they're, they're being replaced with you know input from beyond. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, the, and this, the sounds of the the ocean.
2: <laughs> this is uh, and this is kind of our our first indication of that, as she is kind of scrounging in this in this blue pool that has bodies in it, like it poisons you. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny that this is also where you can find some blue elixir. Which is this where the blue elixir comes from? <laughs> is that what I'm drinking?
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. For sure. I, I almost never use the blue elixir, even though I've I read that it's handy in this this part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would. Yeah, you know, that would make a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you so you head up the, the stairs and you run into uh these new enemies, the the patients here, um, who are kind of like standard, you know, souls mobs. Um they have a really long combo. Mm-hmm. Like they're running flailing combo. If the first hit hits you, you're likely to get stun locked and you that can do a lot of damage.
2: That's a lot of trouble, especially because of the numbers and because yeah. you're mostly gonna be fighting them on staircases and on these kind of narrow balconies.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. in, in general, the way that we're going to kind of tackle this, like this area is one, um, the way it's laid out is you're constantly doubling back yeah. on yourself and kind of opening up new paths Two, it's impossible to do twice. Like I went and tried to replay it, um, to, to refresh my memory for the mm-hmm. show. And after you've gone through and flipped all the switches for this, there's really no way to experience this in the proper order and the way that you do the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, new enemies populate. Uh, different areas and new pathways open up. So, um, you know, forgive me if my memory is a little bit fuzzy, but we're going to kind of hit highlights and uh, and and set pieces as as per usual with you know maze like areas. Yeah, and yeah, I've kind of, group,
2: kind of grouped the these roughly as you are as you are ascending, but mm-hmm. uh, but this is it, it is resistant to our normal approach because it is nonlinear to a certain extent, and because it has a little bit of the water level problem of uh, kind of these big environmental changes that uh, that affect your ability to get to different places, even though they look functionally uh, kind of pretty similar. But you have mm-hmm. two different kinds of rooms broadly: these laboratories and these
0: patient rooms. Yep. Okay, yeah, let's talk about uh, the floor three labs that we can find.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you're given two options uh, to either go up to uh, floor two or up to floor three. Um, And I'm just picking this because this gets us to a pretty good place. Um, You're introduced when you're walking on these on these uh, balconies. And this really tripped me up because these are deadly traps. There's a pressure panel that causes these vials of acid to explode off of shelves, which seems really ill-advised. <laughs> yeah.
0: It it is it's really gamey, mm-hmm. like yeah. that, that's a really gamey trap for the research hall. <laughs> they have, um, but every time it happened, it startled me. Mm-hmm. Like eventually, I just stopped walking in front of shelves if I could avoid it, or <laughs> rolling past shelves. But the the no, you know, the fact that this is a creepy area, and I was already kind of creeped out, having those explosions of glass, kind of shatter behind <laughs> me. Uh, did a really good job of making me kind of jump.
2: What's funny is it doesn't happen immediately. The, 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 the switch will be two tombowiths widths away from, mm-hmm. um, one of the, uh, one, one of the bookshelves. So you'll be running along a click and like, hey, wait a minute, what happens? And then yep. the acid in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that does a, a a large amount of damage as you are seeing more of these uh, non-aggressive patient enemies. And one of them is asking for Maria to save her because she cannot hear anything. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, and we're going to meet Maria soon. <laughs> um, there are also um, guys in wheelchairs mm-hmm. um, inside the rooms uh, who are kind of hunched over uh, patients who are on gurneys that, like... <laughs> Don't look like. I mean, they look like they were caught in like an explosion in in a. Yeah, Those like fucking acid, ward. acid bottles. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't like. There's nothing constructive that's being done with them. Like they're <laughs> just dartboards. Like it's just stick every scalpel and scissors into their face. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like they're examples from the mob or something. Like. Yeah, <laughs> you know they should have a note pinned to their lapel that just says "close casket." You know, and like...
2: yeah, especially those ones that are covered, but they're still pinioned with sur- with uh, surgical implements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And these, uh, we we know that these are doctors because they're wearing plague doctor masks, which is shorthand for Victorian times.
0: Yes, and and creepy <laughs> yeah. steampunk. Fun. Yep.
2: Yeah. Oh man, uh, there are some elevators here, but uh, um, really, what uh, is, is kind of the um centerpiece for this for me, at least kind of maybe emotionally or at least uh um uh narratively is there's an elevator down to this uh to this woman who she doesn't give you her name immediately, but she wants you to bring her some brain fluid,
0: yep murky mushy brain fluid mm-hmm flip plop, plop um <laughs> and she is she's kind of like the the defining n p c of this area mm-hmm. um yeah. so we we could probably talk about her a little bit even though her storyline comes up a little bit later yeah yeah right um so is it is it adele yes Ad- is that her name yeah um so she's adele and she is a, a blood saint um similar to the other characters who can give us their blood um and she can give you her mega healing blood as well that's adeline um, sorry it's adeline adele's another nbc sorry
2: okay oh, that's okay i
0: get yes yep. oh, okay. no, okay. I, I, a lot of a names uh, <laughs> in there um the uh And she has one of the most irritating, non-intuitive side quests in the game Yep, um, that I definitely didn't figure out without a guide and was really annoyed when I figured out what the solution was. (laughs) Silly, did did you have trouble with this, Josh?
1: Um, I I did, I have to admit. But... um... That said, I I did enjoy um, kind of going through this side quest just because I think some of the best writing in the DLC is uh, is the dialogue from the various uh, heads that you find Mm -hmm. uh, around this area and uh, from uh, Adeline uh, herself, Um, just the way they describe... um, uh, what what is essentially enlightenment uh, as this kind of liquid kind of pulsing through them? It's it's so it it creates so many images in my mind the way they describe it, and yeah, I was just really impressed with the the dialogue here and um, uh, the the kind of the idea of the the uh, brain fluid as well. I looking at the image, it kind of looks <laughs> like. Um, frog spawn or or something Mm, like that and i and i kind of wondered whether like it was like a birthing liquid for eyes in the inside or something like that like the like tiny little eyes growing in this frog spawn thing that kind of sprout and become big eyes later on um yeah i i agree that the the side quest is a little obtuse but i think it's mm-hmm. worth doing regardless
2: oh definitely so it is it is confirmed in the text that the uh, the brain fluid is the beginnings of these of these <laughs> right. uh, inter- internal eyes um mm. and and uh, the, the, just the just the idea being um we're led to believe that uh the church is performing these experiments on these people uh expanding their brains until that's all they are in order to kind of harvest this precursor to the eyes which is what they are kind of short-sightedly after
0: yeah yeah i love love the idea of of it growing like um like a fungus bed Mm -hmm. it's like you want to start a kombucha at your house or something like that and you have to get a which which is a (laughs) shudder i could have just said you want to drink some kombucha at your house and i should have had the exact same reaction but like the way you had to get that like starter fungus you know like a a starter culture to to make this like Mm -hmm. I love that idea I, I definitely think the quest is worth doing and is full mm-hmm. of like evocative awesome creepiness yeah
2: Um. I love so we, we talked in the first episode about kind of the poetic nature of a lot of the dialogue here the way that it rhymes and the way that it kind of comes across like, like, a, like, song, like, 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 like a like a yeah, yeah exactly and the, that childlike um, aspect is really laid out here because the head creatures that we find I don't know if they've regressed or if these were children uh, to begin with but um the, the the fact that they're all kind of going plop plop they are mimic the the sound of the ocean and the sound of the water that they are uh that they are experiencing they've gone beyond being afraid of it like the people who are not as transformed are to kind of like singing along with it
0: yeah i I think i don't think they're children i think that it's actually because we run into the headless patients Mm -hmm. later i think that what happens is eventually your head can just kind of live as its own organism Mm -hmm. oh and we can see that because they, they
2: they grow tentacles and stuff
0: yeah. So the you know, your body uh, continues on, but it, it's adult heads are kind of divorced from this, this bodily thing and are, are this bodily desires and are are just purely in touch with the ocean, in touch with this kind of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um that I really love the um the way that her side quest articulates, and we don't have all the parts to it, but we can just talk about it now so we're not yeah. constantly doubling back to her, um, is finding these uh these just kind of spare heads around. <laughs> and yeah. they are innocent and and childlike and kind of, you know. Uh, helpless, but you have to kill them to get their brain fluid. Don't worry, um, they come back. You're just they juicing fight. them. Yeah. <laughs> kill the juices loose. Um, so, and the, the way that this, I mean, if you wanted to argue that this side quest is fair, the way you'd argue it is to say that you notice that they come back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because there's only two of them. You can give her two brain fluids. After you juice them, they don't give you any more fluid. Um, so you actually have to kill uh, Adeline mm-hmm. um, to get the brain fluid that she already drank <laughs> to to feed her in this kind of uh you know this this uh never-ending machine um one deviled egg
2: the same deviled egg yeah
0: yeah yeah it's like it's that guy from world or the civil war who had the hole in his stomach mm-hmm. you know it, it's like that or that um, cow
2: at, at some of those
0: colleges <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so i think of my mission before i die to kill all those cows and put them out of their misery <laughs> like all the science cows have to you know they deserve a, a piece of rest. Um, but that's how you get the third uh, uh, brain fluid to give to her to get the uh, the milkweed rune, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome, because as we talked about how Bloodborne doesn't have as many ways to play it, um, this is as dras- There's like two very drastic uh, <laughs> changes in playstyle that come with the DLC, and this is one of them. Um, if you uh, use a weapon that we'll talk about later and put this rune on, you become like a, a, a milkweed uh, creature or a... Um, a, a Lumenflower Tree, mm-hmm. um, which is this broccoli tentacle beast thing Yeah, that uh, we'll talk about more when you get the weapon for it, but it is a, a really cool, like, it's a really obtuse side quest that has a really significant reward mm-hmm. gameplay-wise.
2: Yeah, and this uh, this rune, if you look at it, it kind of bears the appearance of uh, the initials HP. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: Which, uh, which is obviously a reference to uh, Hewlett-Packard. Yep. And the way that you <laughs> print out some Eldritch Abominations and play with, <laughs> with Papercraft, because... <laughs> You're a kid, the, um,
2: but uh, yeah, yeah. The, phantasms um, guide us and lead us to further discoveries. So these, uh, the, the these these lumen woods are kind of used again as the fungal bed for these uh, to, to grow these these, these uh, living creatures. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, a- another item that she gives you is the balcony key, and I- I'm sure we'll get into the details of that area later mm-hmm. on. But um, what I really like about this item is uh, you know the text with it where it talks about how maria gave it to her because she thought she might like you know the breeze and, and the flowers outside but she can't comprehend why maria would give her this item and it speaks to how um her perception is so much grander and and she she's able to comprehend so much about the universe that like the pleasure that a normal human being would get from some nice flowers and a pleasant, you know, breeze seems so tiny to almost, you know, so small that it's not even worth considering. Why would you even offer this to me when (laughs) I can perceive things beyond, um, simple flowers or yeah. or even feel the breeze on my face i just i love that uh that you know image mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah all i need to do is sit here in my room the 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 calm sounds of trepanation will <laughs> will serve as the background yeah it's all the breeze i need
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah but uh we'll, we'll get out to the balcony later because that's a real cool area
0: it's super yeah. cool yeah <sighs> Um, you kind of, uh, you know, you head on back up to the lab. Um, after you know, once you go down here, you open up a shortcut to kind of the main floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you're introduced to these crawling patients, which uh look like the uh the living torso from Todd Browning's Freaks, <laughs> like it's the same kind of shape, yeah. um, except that they have tentacles and the like, and uh, they're aggressive puppers, um, <laughs> who can gonna hit you
2: at some point here we find uh, a balcony outside that uh has a patient that is kind of ministering to a single gray sunflower mm-hmm. that is uh that that is significant uh to to, to to later uh but he is non-aggressive these crawling guys are a real problem because yeah. they are much more nimble than you think they ought to be
0: yeah for something without legs or arms <laughs> or with legs and arms like pinned to their side yeah. Um, so getting up on the, the, the kind of patient rooms in rooms uh, two and four, um, you know, we are, we're introduced to the jar throwing patients um, and a huge uh, density of, of patients here. Um, there's like a room with with <laughs> ridiculous like three jar throwing patients covering like a bunch of patients down at yeah. the bottom, which is a very like that's a very gamey setup mm-hmm. for, the, for these kind of uh, mindless creatures to set up this ambush, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which is kind of weird. But uh it's it's really tough, but we're introduced to the mini bosses here. Um well we, we, before that actually, the the living patients. Um yeah. where the guys who are still alive and have not gone insane yet.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're pinned to the beds. And this is this is heartbreaking because they do everything from beg for mercy, um, from mm-hmm. Maria to uh grab their hand before they drown. Because yeah. again, all they can perceive is this water. They're they haven't made the adjustment. They haven't grown their sea legs. Right. Yeah. Up to like, you know, I just I, I I just want you to kill me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so when, when you'd like think of the souls games as like a tour of atrocities that have happened in the past,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, this one's up there because you, yeah. cause it's, as opposed to just seeing the history of what happened, like you're seeing it happen,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like it, it does the thing where you see the, the corpses on tables and corpses everywhere. And that, that's nothing in souls games. Like they're just corpses that have been defiled, like left and right. It's wallpaper. You know, it totally like it just happens all the time, and you get kind of numb to it. And then to actually have active characters that are having this profound violence done upon them by the organization as we speak, mm-hmm. um, is is kind of new, right? You know, like there there isn't a lot of space for like actual mercy in these games, like actually being able to stop somebody from being you know this kind of the the victim of black science. Um, and I like that the game allows you to do that, and I think it adds some kind of emotional heft. Mm-hmm. to this area
2: it's no question that you should kill these people oh yeah no question um yep. and uh it's even like a little bit more heartbreaking because there's one of them who says i know i did something wrong but this seems a bit much
0: i was really yeah, i'm really curious about that um is he referring to uh like what is he referring to is that something where like you know they're they're being harvested uh you know from from like the criminal element yeah all i can think of is like
2: this is this is the Yarnum equivalent of being wished into the cornfield
0: or or is he uh was taken to the research hall and he was a hunter Hmm. you know at some point uh are the are those those
2: effectively different i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, i mean just that that gives us a little bit more specificity on the on the crime that they probably committed
0: I guess yeah. I guess that's true. Well, it, it depends on what he's referring to because if he's referring to like the grand crime of the DLC, mm-hmm. or he's referring to, you know, the church kind of rounding people up for being petty pickpockets and stuff in order to do this stuff to them. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I got sent down to the cafeteria.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uderbro <laughs> or <Uderbob. laughs> Um. Yeah. But uh, we're interested in the mini bosses here, which I really love. Mm-hmm. Um. Which are the uh the, the patients with the um uh the the. the the, IV va- yeah, the, yeah,
2: the, the 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 transfusion stands, because uh, the, the
0: sounds they make are great. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: like yeah. a big, it's a big clang. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I I love the way uh, Bloodborne uses uh, sound design to intimidate you into being more scared of enemies than you should be, because in mm-hmm. reality, I I find these guys pretty easy to counter mm-hmm. uh, and set up for a visceral attack. But they sound so horrific that you don't want to get anywhere near them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's it, it's like
0: a, like the chaos eaters. Like in yeah. uh in, in Dark Souls One. Yeah. They make those unnerving unnerving noises and actually are real pussycats. <laughs>
3: um
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, but these guys are uh uh nothing to joke around with, I I found. Like I did, I I I kind of had trouble with them with it wherever they popped up. Yeah,
0: and they're they're tough. If you can get behind them, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, that's the, the the trick.
2: They're faster than kind of enemies of their size generally are, even in Bloodborne. I felt.
0: Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you head them up to the uh the floors uh, five and six kind of hub, mm-hmm. um, heading up this curved staircase to where there's a doctor <laughs> with a crank gun, <laughs> yeah. um, just mowing down patients that rush him. <laughs>
1: Um, he's which having is a weird... way too much fun. <laughs> like He's just cackling <laughs> away. Like, dude, this is a serious problem, and you're, like, <laughs> just taking pleasure in killing all of these people. Really? Come on.
0: It, it's so weird that he laughs like that because it's positioned like a siege. Like, it's a, a mm-hmm. rare kind of, like, set piece thing, and I'm like, oh, is this... You know, because if you if you forgive the DLC some timey-wiminess, you know, because this definitely um, takes place not only in the past, but it's not really a snapshot of the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm. continue to move in the past. If this is kind of a mashup of things that have happened at the research hall in different points, I was like, oh, was there a point in which the patients actually rebelled? Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. This mm-hmm. is representing. Um, but then it's the only time it's the only piece of evidence for it. And he, you know, cackles like an idiot. So I was like, oh, he's just crazy. And, you know, <laughs> the, the everyone's crazed. You know, it didn't it didn't it kind of took that away from me because I, I wasn't I kept looking after I saw this, I kept looking for more evidence that like. You know, something had happened like I was going to find one of the doctors strung up or something like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a real tonal break, actually. And I don't think they needed to sell me on how sadistic the doctors were. I would Mm -hmm. much rather I would much rather they be a more subdued uh, kind of version of, of 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 horrible.
0: But they also they already sold you. Uh-huh. It's, it's not even yeah, so they don't the... need to sell you it's like they've sold you a thousand times
3: mm-hmm. like, yeah,
2: I, <laughs> I, I suppose that's what i mean it's 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 ridiculous that they that they're taking it this way like okay well just in case it didn't hit home like yeah yeah i mean it's it's neat because he then turns his uh his gun on you and you can you can get behind him if you uh kind of take this secret passageway uh that mm-hmm. you can get to but uh but otherwise this is just a little set piece and it's it's almost like they were waiting on their marks too yeah <laughs> okay here they come
0: and yeah, it's scene. like a, sh- it's a shuttle run like yeah <laughs> the um you can th- there's a little secret elevator here that you can take to another uh little egg that gives you brain fluid that has mm-hmm. really good dialogue to you the <laughs> one that says like i'm a robin's egg when i'm going- when i'm going to- when am i going to be able to curl up and become an egg mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a dark souls <laughs> one yep.
3: um
0: and dark souls two little callback like mm-hmm. i like the uh the- this dlc um one of the, the like little telling tales out of school um for the third episode of the dlc i toyed briefly with getting uh trying to get george Wiederman Mm -hmm. on the show who does a a youtube channel i really like um called super bunny hop and he uh he likes the souls games and everything but um i decided not to try to pursue him for the dlc because he doesn't like it and one of the reasons he doesn't like it is for him these callbacks feel like kind of a dearth of ideas uh but for me they have the opposite effect Mm -hmm. like these little, little touches and everything are recalling the emotions, um, but they're not direct enough to where – it's not like Ornstein showing up where I have to like – they have to be addressed. Mm-hmm, they yeah. just recall the emotions of the earlier Souls games without uh, defining them and without being explicit. So they really work yeah. for me. Um, you know. And how, how do you guys feel generally about the DLC and how um, how many callbacks and how – kind of uh how much it quotes kind of earlier areas in the in the series
1: i i mean like you say i i think that it borrows a lot from earlier stuff thematically and kind of you know trying to capture those moments emotionally but it's still kind of carving out an identity all its own um maria may mechanically have a lot of you know similarities to artorius but that character stands alone. She is just as interesting as Artorias in her own right. And, and all of this stuff, I think, is fascinating in its own right. And I think, you know, those little references, those little thematic uh, mirror images are just, you know, a little bit of spice to add in here. It, I, I don't think it damages the exper- experience. Yeah,
2: this isn't like Taco Bell where it's a whole bunch of different menu items that are just combinations of the same things over and over again. Um, and the and the series has been quoting itself since the transition from demons or from Demon Souls to Dark Souls, and mm-hmm. know, even even beyond that, right? You know, the, the, there are all these from <laughs> there are all these from hallmarks that are that are carried forward. And um, you know, I, I see it kind of like a, what is it like Amish friendship bread or whatever, where uh, it, it, you use a starter from a previous set to start something new like those elements are there and i see them more as shorthand than than, than, than fan service mm-hmm. um and if anything what what is juxtaposed against and kind of the different structural ways that they that they uh bring, bring it to or the, the different structural approaches they bring to a couple of those same ideas it definitely does Earn enough goodwill for me to say like, okay, yeah, like it's making me think about that same thing in a different way.
0: uh You you heard it here fo- first. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne is not Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> the the bonfire side chat. I, I mean, just <laughs> is, is is that dumb? Like, it's, no, no, it's... no, totally makes sense. I just think it's just a funny as a standalone sentence. <laughs> like, yeah. Bedborn, not Taco Bell. Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> you know, like just uh, like, hey, I'm a robin's egg. It makes sense for that thing. It's not, you know, it's not out of context, right? Yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't get the sense that they designed those head enemies to to, to resemble in eggs to just reference. so they could, yeah, just so they could do that thing. I think that it just, it just kind of lined up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. If a character suddenly said, "Praise the sun" in this DLC, I would audibly groan. But <laughs> that, that I just from don't do that and uh, mm-hmm. I I think they are very very clever and wise in their choices of references.
2: I mean think think about it like a uh, like Walter, right? The fact that his design invokes or evokes rather the uh you know, the appearance of Solair, right? And the fact that he yeah. is uh, you know it's a, it's a cooperative um kind of covenant. I see that as as clever almost because because they take that and he's a completely different character and the purpose of that covenant is completely different as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, it works for me as, as a thing like i like it and even if um you know it, it it's not strictly fan service it does have serve this other purpose if it's fan service it's subtle and subtle fan service done right mm-hmm. in a way that just kind of works on me and i don't feel shame about it yeah you know
2: um, and i don't i don't want to come across like we're arguing with a person who's not here
0: oh no not at all like <laughs> it's just it's just a different different take and then mm-hmm. like i'm you know no i'm not putting uh, uh george on blast like i like that dude a lot and would mm-hmm. love to get him on for dark souls 3 and uh you know i think he's great mm-hmm. um it's just we just have different opinions about the bloodborne dlc mm-hmm. you know specific like one part of this game we both really love <laughs> um so you know not a, not putting anybody on blast it just kind of it's interesting that this is a really great a huge concentration of it mm-hmm. um in level design and these kind of little references yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. um specifically I, I really enjoy how they're like you know these people are making pleas to lady maria like it really sets up a um uh oh gosh boss of five three what's her name Estrella. yeah uh, a, a lady astraya kind of vibe to it as well yeah
0: who is explicitly like a, a Mary figure, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of a, a, you know, a Maria, Mary, Mary, like mm-hmm. that, that's all purposeful and, <laughs> and, and makes sense for this. Yeah. Um, you can wear one of these heads. <laughs> yes, you can. In fact, uh, the room
2: where you go and get this, uh, it is full of these. And I think that this is, uh, for, for me, it was the only time they attacked. And boy, did that scare the shit out of me. Because you mm. run into this room that is just full of these bags laying all over the floor and on these gurneys. And once you grab the head uh, that is hollowed out <laughs> so a madman can wear it, um, similar to like the uh, the Xanthus uh, Jeremiah um uh you know hat or what have you once you grab this they come to life in a in a a strictly survival horror beat (laughs) Mm Um like okay the room comes alive once you grab the once you grab the candy and they attack you with uh with tentacles which are not dangerous in and of themselves but because it's an ambush like it really stuck with me
0: yeah yeah it's a great it's a great scene (laughs) um and and just goofy headwear is what you know Fashion Souls is all about, yep. yeah, um, and and this game has a really great concentration of it, because um, we're we're gonna get a really great helmet later, um, from uh from what's his head from Bredor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: um, you can wear some real stupid hats in Bloodborne, I like it, <laughs> bucket, bell,
3: um,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so so you kind of make your way up, you know, another set of stairway uh, stairs to the rafters, um, to get up here, yep. and uh, there are crows and rats, um, here. No archers. Um, no archers, thank, <laughs> thankfully. Um but it is, you know, again, I had I thought of Anne Orlando because they're really thin <laughs> rafters. Yeah. You know, like it is it, it's this is recalling a lot of uh, Dark Souls stuff. <laughs> um and another patient that talks about uh talks about water. Um but eventually you get to this lever in the middle that rotates the stairs and gives you access, you know, kind of the further way through. Here. yeah
2: so so this kind of changes the chirality of the uh of, of the of the area and uh gives you access to new things um and opens up the path to the uh, to the boss there are a couple of different things you can get to um on the descent if you're like me you're going to die on the ascent and you're going to or the descent you're going to have to get to it on the ascent so mm. the order of this is going to be a little weird
0: yeah um so one thing this does is it uh simon spawns again Uh, by the lamp at the entrance of this area. And uh, he talks about, this is the bloody face of the church. And it's, it's, you know, not, not pretty. Um, and says that to climb the astral clock tower and kill Maria who hides the real secret. (laughs) I love that sentence. Astral clock tower. (laughs) Yep. Mm. (laughs) Like it. (laughs) It's such a Castlevania touch. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) when we were doing the, the live stream, um, people in the chat uh when we were doing the the duck stream rather um mm-hmm. uh, people in the chat were like do you mind if i spoil a boss name for you in the dlc and i was like oh it's fine and they're like lady maria of the astral clock tower i was and there I'm for like, that oh yes <laughs> like, oh, yeah. baby that's good yep <laughs> um, waiting for the skeleton
2: word skeleton yeah words, exactly like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, super good yeah no i'm uh i'm i'm totally down with just just that sentence just that phrase Mhm. We already talked about Adeline, um but uh, uh we didn't mention her her story. If you if you look at these different um at these different um uh, item descriptions for the brain goo, uh then you get uh some 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 background one of which talks about a young girl who uh who had a brother who wanted to be a doctor, so she offered herself up as a patient for uh kind of his experiments and this sped their encounter with the cosmic truth.
3: Mhm. I don't yeah, know who
2: we, that young girl was. I don't know if that was Adeline or not. But uh, boy, is that like, again, underlining the fairy tale nature of this.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, just anybody can do it. You know, like, <laughs> if just amateur doctors can just find this cosmic truth. Like, it's, uh, it's common. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah,
2: uh, there's, a, there's an item that you can get that, again, changes your play style here. You can go to the small little uh, platform that gets you the lock shield. Um, lake shield, right? Um, mm-hmm. that is kind of made of this, uh, this blue glass and was made specifically for to, to protect churchgoers or, uh, the, the church officials during their rituals. Which, like, hmm, why do you need protection from arcane stuff during your rituals? That's pretty weird. Um, and also, uh, as, uh, as, as a protective gear for people who are exploring eyes, like, eyes is, uh, specifically called out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
2: um Uh, but this is a shield and it will absorb physical damage even though it is mostly for soaking spells
0: yeah yeah it's best at at soaking uh, spells and elemental damage and it's supposed to be really great and i didn't get it before the next boss which it would have been helpful uh during it is my understanding (laughs) um you also can find the underground cell key uh, which gets you down to the basement um that's where we're gonna go meet radar but we're gonna do that next episode yeah i think when we go back and kind of do the wrap up Mm -hmm. um yeah, and you head up into the balcony towards this uh, this first boss, and we find a patient who is begging for forgiveness uh, for Maria because she failed. Um, it kind of Everyone you talk to who mentions Maria kind of paints this tone where they're definitely reverent, mm-hmm. but do you get the sense that, like, it's not reverent exactly in the same way that Estrella is, even though I think that's clearly kind of what they're going for as far as a, a, a quote. But uh, what's Maria doing for these people? <laughs> you know, like, what is – is that – was she actually helping them at any point or did some of them just kind of become so water addled that, you know, they're just kind of, you know, they're kittens, like they're they're uh, brainwashed or.
1: They're... I, I, I yeah, I think there's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. happening here. Yeah. 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 I I don't I mean clearly what's happened to them is horrific so I don't think they actually uh, idolize uh, Maria but I think at a certain point when you're lost in a, a sea of thought you mm. kind of need that support from the one person who's still got their sanity. Mm. I kind of wonder
2: if there's any difference between people who were believers um, and went through this and people who yeah. were non-believers and were brought here um, against their will. Um, Mm. this notion of I failed, I failed to do what my guess is that she failed to transcend. Like, oh, no matter what happens, I've, I've paid this dear price, you know, physically. Um, but I, I can't hear it. I can, you know, I, I can't hear the, 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 the voice of God. Like my, my conversion was incomplete and there's just this emptiness and, you know, Maria as this, as as this authority figure as this representative for the church this uh jail master and headmaster alike you know like uh just i i can't contribute to your cause um because because something in me is broken
0: well and then you you think about what the the cause is whether these are are just science experiments where the idea is they want one of the patients to actually transcend or are these uh the kind of dream equivalent of the garden of eyes Mm mm-hmm you know, where this they are going, they're growing eyes in their head and eventually, you know, are going to be harvested. We found we find one that's hollowed out,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and that has kind of echoes of something that's going to happen in the next area yeah. uh, where none of these people are ab- above literally just kind of looking inside the jack-o'-lantern for whatever's you know, <laughs> for eyeballs that are in there. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I, I, when I mentioned Garden of Eyes, like these guys kind of cut a similar silhouette. Mm-hmm. The Garden of Eyes that you find in Bergenworth. Yeah, specifically so like, the
2: the, the insect guys with uh, with the twenty seven eyes.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just kind of interesting. I don't, you know, it's it's obviously black science and it's obviously uh, you know doing terrible things uh, to these people. But is it you know they want one of them to succeed so they know how to do it, or is this literally just we need eyes?
2: She could also be yeah. sorry because you know by failing to transcend, she hasn't grown eyes. Like she can't provide yeah. this resource to the church. Yeah, you know. Like these are people who have donated their their living bodies to uh, to, to to provide resources for the church, and yeah. she is she has not lived up to expectations. She didn't produce.
0: Yeah, it's very sad. Regardless. Yeah. Like, uh, um. So before we head up to the the bosses, well, we can head down to the balcony
3: mm-hmm.
0: as we mentioned, um, because Maria gives this key to Adeline as we talked about, mm-hmm. and opening up the balcony opens up the courtyard, which is the dream equivalent of the Lumenflower Garden. Um. <laughs> Which has the, uh, the the same kind of layout and everything, and has these patients kind of working to harvest.
2: Yeah, this uh, this gigantic field of these uh, gray sunflowers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, s- s- stretching out. Gary, this must be terrifying to you.
0: It's not as terrifying as the giant ones that we run to. <laughs> like that, those things are really those move, um, and they're huge. Like they look like they are to swallow uh, a man. <laughs> like they're they, they, they are made what to smile swallow a man like you're just going to step in the middle of one and you're just going to pull back a skeleton foot like, that's what like in sorcery so like, yeah it's just yeah it's, it, it's disgusting um, those things are disgusting it's the <laughs> grossest thing in this game about pulling eyeballs out <laughs> of uh, uh, out of scraping the inside of people's skulls for eyeballs we, we, we've, Those we've sunflowers are the grossest thing we've said it before <laughs> a,
2: a sunflower with a bee on it pure terror
0: yeah it is it is the worst <laughs> yeah. get rid of all sunflowers <laughs> get rid of all bees. Um, i mean i guess i like sunflower seeds oh yeah
2: but well, we we can we we can, we can oh, those.
0: man, I've never thought about eating sunflower seeds and having a sunflowers grow in my stomach.
2: Oh, and yeah. I just ruin <laughs> sunflower seeds. <laughs> Gary, myself. your salads are never going to be the same.
0: <laughs> my salads are ruined. <laughs> um uh <laughs> uh, well, but, Sama, this? <laughs>
2: what's, what, what's funny is these uh the, the, these harvesters are nonviolent. um they're just down there uh just ripping these things out and again we we, we found that this this lumen wood and these lumen flowers are the, the the fertilizer bed for these phantasms which we're going to see those uh much later um but uh, they don't aggro until you approach
0: yes and when they aggro they aggro a big time like i think this is one of yes. the harder combat encounters in the game
2: mm-hmm.
0: um i've never cleared this out uh i just go in and get get my treasure and run run the fuck away yeah uh yeah same yeah because it is uh they do tons of damage um <laughs> using the spell that you're that's why you're here is to get the black sky eye
1: mm-hmm.
0: um which is great yeah this is like uh, gives you a soul arrow yeah, this is the magic missile that uh, Bloodborne has been missing. Um, does way better damage than the Executioner's gloves. Um, better range, you know, more predict- predictable trajectory, um, and just costs one bullet. Um, this thing's great, and it makes me kind of want to play through the game as an arcane build, so I can be like a broccoli-headed <laughs> magic missile thrower. Nice. Um, you know, with A yeah. an Palm. And just kinda... <laughs> it, <laughs> it just kind of. It just kind of
2: sucks that this is so far, uh, so deep into the game and and the, and the like the, the the requirement the arcane requirement is very low like it's yeah. like 16 like that is that is reasonable to you know to like to get to get there and it scales at an at an s so you're gonna do a lot of damage with it even even yeah. at the minimum requirement
0: it's it's the same thing with all the dlc uh weapons and playstyles mm-hmm. where it just kind of sucks that they're dlc gated mm-hmm. like um just having to be uh you know you have to get you had to get that far in the game like amelia is not that far in the game but you had mm-hmm. to be able to get like get to be able to beat you know Ludwig, like that's hard. Yeah, um, you know, going doing that as soon as you can beat Amelia, and even beating Amelia as soon as you run into Amelia is hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: But yeah, this uh, this this black sky eye it is it is a it is an eye that has been blessed by a phantasm, and if you mm-hmm. look into the black of it, there's a there's a whole uh, like a, a night sky
0: within it with meteor storms. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm possibly just because I have Bowie on the brain, I just keep thinking of a uh, black star. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the most blood-boring music video that's ever been. <laughs> um, which, like, for real, we need to figure out a way to do a Teenage Dirtbags crossover, or, or a Bonfire Side Tat Teenage Dirtbags crossover for a Black Sky man. Have me on, <laughs> yeah, because that is <laughs> our Black Star. Because that is a uh, that. Have you watched that? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: have
2: I mean, decided, I've I've been watching all the videos that that come up uh, in 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 the wake of his passing.
0: Josh, have you seen that, Josh?
1: Uh, no, I haven't. I'll have to uh, look it up after this podcast. Um, yeah. It's, it's the most like souls like music video
0: I've ever seen, <laughs> like just the iconography <laughs> right. and everything. It's very creepy in a similar way <laughs> and has lots of kind of visual uh, similarities to Bloodborne. I'm sure it's not a reference, but like visual similarities.
2: Yeah, they, they, they could be cribbing from from very
0: similar source material or uh, reference.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, after you leave here, um, you have got a note here um, inside that chest, I think, is a blood rock. OK, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah.
2: is tough to get to. Um, If you go through the window, you get back to the, uh, the 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 church again. Oh, shit. That's where Amelia was. Yeah. 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 OK, there we go. That all makes sense. Yeah, that's totally Maria or Amelia. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. But uh, you have to you have to make a hop over a gap. And uh, boy, is the consequence for failure on that kind of annoying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to go all the way back around. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go back to the main uh, research hall and head up all the spiral staircases past the lady who is apologizing to Maria for being a failure, um, you meet the first boss of this area that we're going to talk about, uh, the living failures. is my favorite boss name yep uh as far as i mean not for cool factor for goof factor
2: Um, definitely um uh this is this is great Mm -hmm. um from a thematic standpoint so you walk out and uh there's this gigantic pillar of uh of, of lumenwood flowers that is kind of arranged like a crucifix like a cross that we've seen so many of these beasts uh kind of kind of hung upon um and there's a gigantic one that kind of lulls to follow you um, mm. But that is not the primary uh, point of interest here. It is these kind of shambling golems uh, that, are, uh, that, that are rushing to attack you. And there's just like one at the start or maybe two. But as you fight and as this progresses, they, they kind of climb up from the, uh, from the Lumenwood and uh, start attacking you so it kind of escalates a little bit like a lot of these kind of you know gang fights do you know there were more of those in dark souls too but like the it's a little bit like four kingsy the way
3: mm-hmm. that it escalates yeah. yeah
1: i mean that said i think this is probably the most succe- uh, successful implementation of uh, one of these gang fights because Usually um, these are a low point in the Souls games for me just because I get overwhelmed and I can't deal with so many enemies attacking me at once. But I, I liked how they gave the uh, the the golems kind of roles, so you have two melee um, uh, golems and two ranged ones and because they 're so slow in their movements, it gives you enough time to react to their attacks and kind of counter them and and stuff like that so While it is challenging i I never felt like I was beyond my means. I was still you know right there in the fight and uh, you know. Uh, and I ended up having a lot of fun with this, this battle. I, I don't,
0: this is going on the, the weird list of, of, you know, thought to be very easy fights that I had a hard time with because I couldn't for the life of me avoid their cosmic attack.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I ended up dying against this a lot because I just, I knew that I was like, okay, I need to hide behind the tree, but it would still just kind of end up striking me mm-hmm. um, kind of no matter what. And I didn't get the shield, which I, I imagine that shield is very useful uh for this but i you know did not end up getting it so um you know i would i would just do the fight and it would be like the actual fight is not actually that hard um but the the cosmic attack just does a lot of damage and you can get kind of hit two or three times that cosmic attack is like being on the other side of a final fantasy summon. it's exactly it's exactly that yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's 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 a it's the it's Sephiroth. you know attack <laughs> like um but I love when they all stop to do it and all raise their <laughs> hands. Um, yeah. that's an amazing, you know, that's an amazing image. Um, and then, you know, it, it just the, the sky turns into a, into Medio. Um, yeah, I had a really hard time dodging that. Um, the the really obvious thing that we haven't mentioned is that this is obviously a reference to the Celestial Emissary fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are the Celestial Emissaries the successful
1: uh,
0: implementation?
1: Man, I, I think, am so, no yeah. Go, then I think are, so. Yeah, and these are.
2: Yeah. Bear that out, both of you. I want to hear more. Um,
1: yeah, go, well, ahead, go
0: ahead, Josh. Sorry, cut off.
1: I think these these guys kind of function the same way Ornstein does in uh, Dark Souls 2, where their um, you know pathetic nature, their, the way they move, the slow movement, and kind of just everything about them is designed to make you feel kind of pity. In the same way that, in isolation, Ornstein seems so pathetic when uh, out, you know, outside of the context of the original Ornstein and Smo battle, it's meant—it's meant to make you feel um, the power of that—the uh, the boss fight with the Celestial emissary in the main game. At least that's what I think was the intention.
0: Mm. I, I ended up having a much harder time with these guys than Celestial emissary um and that that could just be could be me um so if the idea of, like it's just kind of weird that they're the failure versions if they end up being the, the easier uh yeah. you know kind of kind of versions of it mm-hmm. um or the harder versions rather um at least at least for me but the the idea that like um, because we don't really know when this is supposed to be um we just kind of know where it's supposed to be so uh and I get the sense that it is in the past. So I think this is the same kind of location or the same uh idea. It's not the same location because we've been down to the uh where you fight the celestial emissary um in this. But it's the same kind of idea. And these are, you know, the 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 failed versions in the past of, of this same thing. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then we end up fighting the, the celestial emissaries, which are the actual uh, you know, kind of our way to make a a version of of one of these uh, uh you know old ones or what have you
2: yeah or kind of outer beings they look so similar to the previous patients that we fought mm-hmm. um i initially thought like oh i don't remember them having heads they kind of they kind of look like they're they're, they're headless version so it could be the remaining bodies of the of the people whose heads fled them Um, Mm -hmm. and just if left to their own devices and kind of raised up to be these, uh, you know, the, 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 these brutes. That's actually kind of a really fun, um, kind of commentary on like the, the, the divine and the separation of, of, of the soul and the head and the body, which is, you know, (laughs) this left over as the remnants. However, they do have what appear to be heads. So maybe these failures, you know, like say, Maria, oh, I've failed. Maybe that proximity is meant to say like, Those of these that do not, you know, separate and get this enlightenment and hear, hear the water in this kind of cruder previous version of this ritual turn into these. And this is Mm. what we have, this is what results before the choir really, um, perfects the <laughs> perfects the process to make what we have seen as the celestials that we fought before like i don't know where this is in relationship to well it's definitely above where we fought abridas you know on the on the z-axis or what have you but um but yeah this this feels like uh kind of a more primal version of what we ultimately see the choir accomplish mm-hmm. yeah you know r- regardless of where these of where these guys come from like this gives me a uh, kind of some fits too like it's 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 it, it's more difficult than it seems it, it it ought to be and let me know like so the melee ones gave me more trouble than the casters uh just because mm-hmm. of their uh, uh that they have a similarly kind of uh, long combo when well, compared to the patients
0: it's not just a long combo but bloodborne has a thing about so many enemies uh having attacks that hit in a 360 degree art mm-hmm. around them like they don't want you to just get behind enemies in, in Bloodborne. So they have a lot of sweeping attacks that go behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's what ended up kind of tripping me up. Yeah. Um, but they're actually, once I kind of, you know, started trying to to visceral attack them, um, you know, I, I ended up kind of finding the timing for it. But it took me a couple tries and, and a couple deaths. Like, I, you know, spoiler, like the next boss fight, which I think is probably objectively harder, mm-hmm. um, I beat on the first try by a sliver. Uh, this took me several tries and i think most people would think this is a much easier boss fight than the next one so Mm -hmm. yeah but um, uh
2: but yeah you clear these guys out um and you're left with this just delightful uh room to run through
0: (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah with a big scare and the the sunflowers in the middle don't stop moving nope um they will continually sway in a nauseating waltz <laughs> <part> for <of> eternity. <laughs> um,
2: oh, man, which is scarier, Gary Amnesia or Plants versus Zombies?
0: Oh, uh, you know, amnesia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The uh uh plants are, for some reason the sunflowers and plants versus zombies are cute. <laughs> um they sing they sing that ending song. Mm-hmm. Like I'm way into I'm way into like a cartoon sunflower.
2: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh so yeah, uh, uh, after you kill these guys, you uh, you're you're given access to the uh, to, to, to the clock tower uh mm-hmm. that has kind of been looming over you this whole time. It, you can you can never tell with the bloodborne skyline like which is the building you run to you're running to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of a problem with the design of yarnum like areas. Like I'm not sure if this is where I'm going. <laughs> I was um, looking, yeah, I, I,
0: I last time I played I, I took out the, the monocular and looked at the building to see if there were distinguishing kind of marks on it, and mm-hmm. there aren't. Like it just looks like Bloodborne biome number four twelve or whatever. Yeah, as far as the architecture goes. Yeah, um, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, um, and there's nothing really in the in the description of the key to uh, um to, to to give you inf- any information about what happens here, aside from the fact that this isn't just a clock that pa- that marks the passage of time. Um, mm-hmm. this is a, a star interpreting clock, and it confirms that this is the Grand Cathedral.
0: Yes. Yeah. um so, so you head in here and you see a, a corpse in a chair uh that kind of looks like the doll even though her, her chin is down mm-hmm. um next to her is a shattered picture mm-hmm. and a cup uh full of what looks like blood mm-hmm. and there's blood kind of everywhere and it looks like it is a dead a dead lady yeah it, um, it
2: appears as though she definitely she was like shake in that one episode with the haunted atari game oh, uh, Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. like she she took poison and then and then cut her throat
0: yeah Yep. Um, And then when you go up to her, it says inspect corpse. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you do so, she grabs your hand in (laughs) an amazing moment. Uh, Again,
2: the idea that uh, you are uh, you're reaching beyond your grasp here. Yes. Like you are looking for secrets and this is dangerous to you. And the only cure for your kind of curiosity um, is is the sweet, sweet release of death. Which he is more than happy to provide as one of the uh, most, uh, like to me, like one of the most difficult fights in the game, but also one of the most satisfying duels um, in in the series. This boss, Lady Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower.
0: Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this this is my favorite boss fight in Bloodborne.
1: <laughs> I, I I was gonna say um, yeah, she's definitely my favorite uh, boss in the game, but also just the entire series. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Artorias probably edges her just slightly, but she's dangerously close to being perfect as a boss fight. I can't think of a single mm-hmm. move that she does that feels cheap. In the same way, German's kind of. Automatic visceral attacks do. Um, it feels like everything she does can be countered. There's a strategy for everything, but she's still tough. She's still a match for you. And we, I, I just, I it's an time, exhilarating I, I agree with you. experience. and it, it may and be. It's definitely one, it's one of the highlights of for me. The entire and, uh, and I love the, the Artorias
0: fight so, so much. One of the things that Bloodborne boss fights do that I think is kind of a mixed bag is so many of them have multiple phases. Mm-hmm. where it becomes you know you go into a boss fight and you memorize six moves mm-hmm. and it's like you it's in your you know you think you're you, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, you're rewarded and you can beat that boss but then what happens is they just switch to another phase and now you have to memorize another six <laughs> and it just kind of at, at some point just feels like okay like there's you're definitely not going to make it the first time because they're going to be really hard and you're not going to know the moves. But you're definitely not going to make it the second time because the second time you're going to get to the second phase and they're going to have another set of moves you don't have memorized. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a bummer. Um, the difference though with Maria is she has three phases, but all of her moves um, are telegraphed mm-hmm. better, um, and so many of them are extensions of moves that she already had to where your previous knowledge is not useless. Mm-hmm. Um, you can and and it's part of that just human anatomy um you know with like a, a Britis or something yeah. like that where you fight a Britis and a Britis starts doing mm-hmm. new moves like i can't tell heads or tails from a Britis, you know <laughs> or if you're fighting um you know the blood star beast which is just a bunch of flappy skin and, and particle effects and like just a collection it's like um that that onion story yeah. where it's like steven tyler is just an animate pile of rags and scarves <laughs> like or johnny <Ur-Nine laughs> Depp. um that's what you know the the blood our uh you know fight is like or or you know the, those fights where it's like just a bunch of uh, it's really hard to kind of predict whereas every new move that maria gets feels like an extension of an old move mm-hmm. so your your previous knowledge is still useful yeah. um it, in my mind it's the most successful kind of phased boss fight yeah um you know, in in yeah. this game, at least, if not the series, it's it's definitely these subtle iterations that
2: work, and it it, it feels like she's adapting to you. It feels mm-hmm. like she is she is tapping into some kind of power she's been afraid to use
0: up to by, that by point. Cutting her throat, yes, by like bleeding herself out, which is mm-hmm. awesome.
2: Yeah, and like, uh, if, if you look at her her gear and, and her drops, mm-hmm. there's actually uh k- kind of a bit of a a lordo She doesn't like using blood. Like she is mm-hmm. she is she is unlike the other hunters and that she doesn't rely on that. So she is kind of compromising you to protect this secret that she has kind of been set to guard in this, you know, kind of almost like Rom like role within the lore, mm. you know, like a- acting as this bulwark against, against the, 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 deepest, darkest secret of the church and of the hunters. Right.
0: Well, well, well you, and you get the, the sense that she's repentant too, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's, it's a you know a secret to be left well alone. Like mm-hmm. it is a, a, Stop, stop digging. You mm-hmm. don't want to be here. And, it, and you get the sense that it's not just like she's protecting the church because she's working for the church. Like you get the sense of genuine guilt, partly mm-hmm. because where you find her weapon, they say how she cast it away in disgust
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, when we find her weapon later. But like it's a genuinely redemptive arc in a story about black science, <laughs> you know, like a, a story that is all people doing terrible things in pursuit of misguided science and. Um, you know this is like somebody who's genuinely repentant mm-hmm. and is trying to stop you from you know essentially kind of making the same same mistakes like it it casts you know kind of what you're doing in the next area as following in the footsteps of people who have committed heinous heinous crimes right you know and doing the doing the same thing reenacting that um it just really works as kind of like th- you know th- this game does not have uh moral kind of anchor points mm-hmm like nobody's okay mm. in Bloodborne. Like nobody's okay. And the DLC really goes, like, you know, if you thought Willem was the lesser of two evils, he's not. Like, you know, Bergenworth is yeah. the worst. And and they, you know, have done terrible things as well. Like there is no, there's no good and bad but if there's going to be a character who has kind of a redemptive side, it's Maria who has clearly killed herself out of guilt, yeah. you know, when you run here or attempted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's like dream logic or what have you that allows I, her to. I, I, I like
2: that that, 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 that the dream has kept her alive. And the more violence that she does to herself, the more
0: effective she becomes at this mm-hmm. thing she obviously doesn't want to be anymore. Cause she's, she's repentant,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, and this whole, the hunter's nightmare is a nightmare for hunters. Like it mm-hmm. is, the whole thing is a punishment. So this idea that she can't actually, um, you know, be dead, but her, her signs, when you come up on her body, like they're signs of suicide,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like it's not, you know, it's, it's not like she died from something else. Like, um, she is a genuinely repentant and, and kind of good character mm-hmm. in this or the closest we've come to it. And, uh, that gives you more shades of kind of artorius where artorius you know kind of set himself up as this anchor to the abyss mm-hmm. you know in this kind of a uh, uh, plug like <laughs> you know it's it's a similar kind of thing yeah like you can get the sense that she's here because we don't need to do anything else to the fishing village <laughs> you know like th- this was terrible let's leave that alone yeah stop like yeah. stop this pursuit of black science in you know uh for no other reason other than this kind of you know this knowledge or this uh, this pursuit of of you know this eyes on the inside this insane idea of insight <laughs> yeah. you're just committing awful awful crimes mm-hmm. like I, I said it when we did the wrap-up episode but like as far as being morally you know darker than 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 wet black velvet like <laughs> bloodborne like there are no good guys in bloodborne like yeah. and the dlc just underlines that a thousand times like these are bad people who have done terrible terrible things yeah. <laughs> exclusively
2: I love the design of her of the way she looks when you're fighting her, because especially in the later in the later phases of her fight, as she is, you know, slitting her throat and using this blood to attack you and kind of augment even like the reach of her attacks, you know, either to attack at range or to um, to to make her sword longer, like everything kind of cuts these glyphs in the air. Mm-hmm. in this in this striking red it's like she is she is she is writing the song of your destruction in carol runes you know mm, as yeah. as a last gasp effort to uh to stop you yeah
0: yeah it's it's uh we, we haven't talked very much about the actual the fight um you know what happens so it's a three-phased fight um it is the first phase is very similar to a hunter duel um in the game where she doesn't have that much in the way of a move set outside of what you can do um, she does. There are a couple of things she can do, a couple of charges, but not that much. Um, and then as she kind of draws blood from herself, she becomes more powerful and gains uh kind of fire powers. Like gains uh, you know, the ability to to do things with fire, which is really strange. Um, but it, it just kind of steps up. It is a phased fight. Yeah, it's a it's a phased fight, and
2: it's it's a testament, I think, to 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 how well balanced it is that when you first when you first took this on. Um, (laughs) did you know that this was going to be a fight? Like, did you did you go back and and spend your stuff? Did you replenish at all between Uh between the living failures and Maria?
0: I did. I knew it was going to be a fight because there was somebody sitting in a in a room. Like it's it's right after a boss fight, yeah. but it's also under one that like I was like I had a hard time with that, but I don't think I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to be that hard.
2: Yeah. Uh, but uh, but the fact that you you beat her on the first try in this in this battle of wits and skill and whatnot, and um and it was it was right down to the last hair. It does feel very well balanced. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's down to the fact that the animation for Maria is so good. Like you talked about her design, but I think just the way she moves um it's it's counter to a lot of the beast fights which Gary's talked about a lot during, this, during the you know, series, that it's very hard to see what they're doing. And that's partly because of all the particle effects. Um, but it's also just that their animations aren't very distinct, especially with um, you know, Ludwig's uh, first phase. He's got so many limbs coming off of him and doing all sorts of things. It's so easy to get distracted and not look at the part of him that's telling you when he's going to do an attack. Whereas with, you know, this this boss fight, um, every attack is flagged with a distinct, unique animation that is only ever for that attack. So you are under no illusion as to what she's going to do at any given time.
2: Yeah, um, I also feel like the, uh, the, the the arena for this fight is to the is to the battle's credit. Yeah, uh, it feels it's reminiscent to me of False King a lot from Demon's Souls. Hmm. Mm. Um, just, just in terms of how much space it gives you. Like they really want it to just be you and her, to not have anything else get in your way.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's 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 a real classic, classic duel. Um that, you know, the uh, I'm looking at I'm watching a video of it now and I was talking about her doing fire and it actually just kind of looks like a this could be just a weird blood energy.
2: Yeah, I was gonna if say it's not like, fire.
0: Like it's definitely not just blood because she does shoot blood, but she also has attacks where like particle effects come off of the blood mm-hmm. in it's, a way uh, that is it's really, plasma yeah yeah like it looks like a, a different thing um but this is it is just a you versus somebody with not that dissimilar of a move set mm-hmm. um that each new move that she learns builds off of former moves that she had um like this is this is why i love fighting in souls games <laughs> you know is because of, of fights like this like it is, you know, a perfect arena and and a perfect. It's also like emotionally resonant once you kind of figure out the doll connection, mm-hmm. yeah, and everything yeah. with her, which I really love. Like this, uh, you know, and and we we've talked about that before. But after you, you know, you eventually uh, beat her, and or man, just real quick, God, do I wish that there were, uh, uh you know, the uh, uh, the things that you know they allow you to uh, to reignite a bonfire <laughs> in, in Dark Souls 2. Like I would love to be able to fight her again without going through the whole. DLC again yeah, and just do the fight, a bonfire aesthetics. Like, boy, do I wish there were, like, <laughs> uh, lamp oil, you know, <laughs> athletes or something like that that you burn. <laughs> um, like something that, that allows you to uh, to do these fights again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, – uh, it's incredible. And figuring out the kind of connection to the doll and, you know, the way that German thinks of the doll versus how he th- thought of Maria. Mm-hmm. And kind of uh, the lore is really interesting. Um, yes. The connection with the doll we should probably kind of talk about.
2: We should. So their so their design is not similar by coincidence. Um, it is it is very much uh, intentional on garman's part. If you if you believe that Garman was the was the person who constructed the doll out of this out of this mania um, mm-hmm. for. Kind of trying to get Maria back, whether that was romantic or whether that was out of kind of reverence for what she kind of did um, for the art of hunting. Like the, the the old hunter's bone, it's probably hers. It's probably yes. some piece of her because the, the the quick stepping, she does that without having to activate it. Unlike, you know, even German himself, who is using this and the fact that you find the uh, the, the old hunter's bone at her grave in the real world. Um, where yeah. the doll will occasionally mourn um, and also that is the tombstone that you use to get to the DLC like she is very much a linchpin that goes through all three worlds in this one particular place and
0: way mm. the um because the the bone refers to um like a male uh kind of uh, apprentice of Gurman, but mm-hmm. it's a translation thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the most like, uh, Vadi did a video where he talked about the differences in translation and the things that are lost in translation and bloodborne. So I think that was always meant to, you know, if, if they had translated it properly, it would have referred to a lady mm-hmm. and we would have kind of learned, you know, saw that connection maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's got a really swag outfit. <laughs> yeah. the outfit I like to wear <laughs> in, the, yeah. in, the, in the game. I, I also yeah, really, awesome.
1: uh, I also really love how this connection kind of characterizes uh, German. um before when you heard the comment about you could use the doll if you wish it kind of <laughs> came off as a slightly uh, weird tone for bloodborne to go into but now with the context of maria it it really feels just like a, an indictment of German as a person that he would take this you know glorious warrior and then his projection of her is this infantilized subservient kind of uh, you know passive character in the hunter's dream and mm-hmm. his just view of of women am i saying that germans like an mri activist or something i don't know <laughs> yeah. um, does he go on like uh, anti feminist blogs in between hunts or something mm-hmm. i don't know but um yeah just it it instead of it just being this creepy note at the beginning it really feels like a piece of characterization and um yeah german ends up looking quite awful uh, at the end of this dlc yeah,
0: yeah absolutely like yeah. 100 percent. like um it is uh it changes um it, it, you know it's it's souls doesn't really traffic an outright villain so you always want to have a little bit of sympathy yeah and you can if you in a charitable read of german with this is this idea that like this was somebody who is dear to him that he tried to make a that he lost and tried to make a facsimile of and the you know the uncanny valley was too much so when he's like a disgusting creeper when we meet him Mm -hmm. and doesn't pay any attention to the doll like it's there but he they never interact it is after like you know Who knows how long Mm -hmm. of kind of disillusionment with this, this ersatz version, you know, and that's kind of a sympathetic read for his lechery, creepy nastiness.
3: Yeah,
0: Um, but it is this kind of this idea of like trying to make a simulacrum of somebody dear to you and it not not working out, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And especially like it just contextualizes that because it was always creepy, but that kind of disgust he has, the depth of disgust that he has has to be in comparison to something Mm -hmm. like him saying, you know, use the Dow like that's that's vile. It's not just perverted. There's hate in that. And that hate is because he's disgusted with this creation compared to this person who was probably dear to him.
2: Yeah. You know, It, it, it takes what was once this kind of really base degradation. And mm-hmm. turns it into this really profound degradation when mm-hmm. you um, <laughs> when you when you when you see the glory of, you know, what Maria once was compared to what he ultimately turned her into. And it really just depends. There's like there's no text that I can find either way that says, hey, he did this on purpose or this is just the nature of the ritual that he performed to do this in the real world. Right. It is just a doll like he he put this together, you know, with a lock of her hair and her and her, uh, um, uh, you know, hairpin just to have something back like that. There, There's nothing that, you know, animates it that we can see. But in the in, in the in the nightmare in the in the dream, rather, as it was kind of sucked in from the from the real world itself, you have to have insight to see her get up and move around. Otherwise, you know, she's just inanimate and, you know, is not you know you 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 can't interact with her so there's something about the transition to the dream that imbued her you know with with the characteristics of maria and the interaction between the dream and the nightmare is such that after you kill maria and you talk to you talk to the to, to the doll she notices a change she feels untethered from something that was kind of holding her back it's this liberation from heavy shackles um that she she can't quite characterize and seems relieved that it has happened. But that alludes to the idea that she doesn't know that the doll doesn't know about this connection to this to this previous person. She sees herself as this as this new as this new entity, which might be what German resents.
0: Yeah, I think that's 100% what he, he resents, like yeah. this this sentience. And also, like, when you think about how kind of matronly the doll is and how uh, motherly it is. Versus Maria, which by all accounts is like, I mean, she's kind of seen as a mother figure by the people in the research hall, but she's mm-hmm. also like a really fierce warrior and, uh, you know, has this kind of genuine repentance that came from what they did in the fishing village, the area we're talking about in the next episode, um, you know, so much that she like disarms herself. Um, it's just kind of like when you when you make when you weird science somebody mm-hmm. like that, you can't, you know, make the complex like boil down the complexity of a person. Mm hmm you know, like that. And, and, uh, and that's what the, the kind of disgust that German has has to come from guilt, Yeah, you know, in a way. And I think that's what, what is getting kind of put across.
2: D- d- does that read for you, Josh? Like d- d- does any of that ring true?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just, yeah, I, I think, uh, German is just, completely disgusted with what he's created and um yeah it speaks a lot about him as a person that he would create a person like that mm. yeah it's
0: it's a it's really good
1: <laughs> like it is a,
0: it is a really good boss fight yeah and a really you know, it's satisfying in every way that a souls game boss fight like, boss fight can be like it's satisfying mechanically it's got like a really satisfying story to it and it's a really great character yeah. it's also one of the only characters who is genuinely repentant and not just because of the punishment, you know, that uh, is inflicted yeah. upon them. Like it is if, if you're going to if you're searching for someone to root for in, <laughs> in Bloodborne, like Maria is your candidate. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's funny because there was nothing of her in the previous and you know, just in, yeah. in the main body of the game. So this is this is desperately needed context.
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then uh so after that, I mean we're gonna get into you know going into the actual uh the celestial dial mm-hmm. here and heading into the next area in the next episode. Um, and also do that kind of backtracking to to look at the stuff we missed in the the cells under the the church and uh and and Lawrence and stuff. But uh yeah, until then I think that we're probably do we have any kind of wrap-up thoughts on on the stuff we've covered today? Josh, I'll defer
1: to you. No, I think we've covered it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a, if, if, you know, bonfire side chat, nothing, if not exhaustive, <laughs> the, um,
1: <laughs> we, we got it. Um,
0: but this, this is my favorite boss fight in, in Bloodborne by far. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely. and like, I'm so, boy, the DLC is good. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the next episode as well. Me too. Um, Josh, can you uh, let people know where they can find you online?
1: Yes, um, if you're looking for me on Twitter, you can find me at Combine Hunter. Uh, you can also find my podcast, Kane and Rince, uh, uh where we uh, take a game or a series of games, uh, dissect them in detail, and you'll also find some articles and videos on there as well.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Recommended. Definitely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah if you uh if you're looking for if you have anything to, to say about the dlc um we'll probably be recording about a week mm-hmm. uh from when this comes out
2: so uh, i mean when you we'll, this will release about a week from when this comes out we'll be recording a couple days after this comes out
0: yeah i guess that's true yeah. so if you uh if you when you hear this mm-hmm. send in your stuff yes so that's uh that's kind of your last opportunity, and stuff for the entire DLC, um, we've got a lot of responses. So uh, <laughs> try to keep it uh, unique and relatively brief. Mm-hmm. You know, two paragraphs is a good kind of benchmark. Yep, for that. Um, but yeah, please send those in. Yes, and please um, understand if we edit them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as far as other things you can do for the show, um, ratings and reviews on iTunes are always appreciated. Um, you can head to Patreon.com forward slash DuckfeedTV. If you want to kick us a couple bucks a month, get episodes a day early, and uh, join us on our message board, our Slack board, yeah. and the like. Super fun. Yeah. Do we
2: want to talk about what's going on in the, in, in the off-season?
0: Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so we got a real, real grab bag <laughs> going on. The, the, we, we've always tried to tie these together by theme because we're dorks. Um, you know, that's not really necessary, but we just like organization. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, some of our weakest theming, I think. This um, <laughs> is
2: stuff we want to play.
0: Yeah, it's, it's stuff we want to play that is related. Yeah, so and, we and have stuff kinda...
2: we want to cover because, to be honest, covering uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf and the Lovecraft stuff gave me a bit of a bug.
0: Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to do. It's uh, some kind of related stuff. So our next season, which is, you know, just kind of the, the bonfire side grab bag, uh, the meat of it, is we're going to cover both Shadow Tower games, mm-hmm. um, so, Shadow Tower and Shadow Tower Abyss. Yep. So T- Shadow
2: Tower One, that is uh, available on the PSN store for a very mm-hmm. reasonable cost. Shadow Tower-, Shadow Tower Abyss never came out um, in the West, I believe. Um, maybe it came out in Europe, but there is a translation patch available um, mm-hmm. that you can uh, that you can apply and play at a PS2 emulator, which is getting easier and easier to do.
0: Which, which we're going to do, and then for the record, we don't officially we don't condone piracy nope when things are not of like we would pay money if we could yep so if you can't pay money for the thing to play it yep. you know uh, that that's kind of a gray area that we'll we'll live in so those are the kind of the meaty uh, big episodes that are from software stuff mm-hmm. in addition um, we've got a couple of movies we're going to cover um some some stuff but what's the first thing we're covering after the dlc well
2: to relate it to the uh the fishing hamlet uh we're going to be covering uh uzumaki the junji ito um manga and that's Mm -hmm. going to be a split ep with uh with some coverage of the shadow over Innsmouth.
0: yeah which are kind of two you know pretty uh to me at least kind of clear reference points (laughs) for for the fishing village mm-hmm. um so yes yeah, so it's kind of a mix of games and and other media um for the season yep. it's uh you know we'll make more announcements as we go um but uh yeah we're looking forward to it
2: yeah um, and uh yeah will we'll uh we'll solidify kind of the the, the running order of those <laughs> as well but uh that is not uh, the, the, that is not the extent of it we just want to let people know what to prepare for and to start on shadow tower
0: Yes, yeah, if you want to play along with us, because we'll definitely be doing appendix episodes for both Shadow Tower games, mm-hmm. so we want to hear what you have to say. And I, am I for one, am really looking forward to dipping back in, because uh, any opportunity to do uh, free, pre-souls from software stuff is is always kind of fun mm-hmm. once you get your sea legs. <laughs> um, I will say that Shadow Tower opens with your character on an incredibly narrow bridge, and if you're pressing buttons, as soon as you press the sta- strafe button, you fall into a pit. <laughs> uh, so it's a nice, it's a, a recall, it's a, the lava pit from uh, Ancient City kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, looking forward to getting my sea legs as far as Shadow Tower goes. Yeah,
2: cool. I believe that is just about everything. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, coverage of the Fishing Village.
0: Yes, and we will be. We have the guest line up in advance. We'll be joined by uh, Lobos. Yeah, uh, Mike via Lobos, Lobos Junior, to talk about that. Who recently went through and bought uh, fought all the DLC uh, enemies with just his hands, God, uh, with no weapons. (laughs) <laughs> because he is a patience elemental and that is why we wanted to get him for uh, one of the harder bosses in the game and kind of talk about his experience with the DLC Yeah, um, Josh, thank you very much yep. thanks oh, again for joining us
1: thank you so much for having me and uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast but I genuinely consider you two to be uh, among the best podcasters out there so th- it's a huge honour for me to be on this podcast
0: I r- really appreciate it yeah thanks yeah and uh you know hopefully uh assuming we don't all die from a meteor or anything um when <laughs> dark souls 3 comes out uh, hopefully you'll we'll come back
1: yeah yeah, uh, yeah absolutely really thank you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. fantastic all right. so
2: everybody all right. have a great week and uh i do not
0: have a sign off besides "plip plop uh flip. i got oh, okay i got a sign off cole ask me uh what we should do until next time gary what should we do until next time uh we should leave corpses alone <laughs> you know uh
2: that's what the judge
0: said umbasa 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 and we all pray that we will have far more soon